The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Gail McDowell, and I'm the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple. I'm still in the midst of teaching the series Exploring the Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer, based upon the book, The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer, because I believe it's such a powerful book. And I've been taking my time. I'm wrapping it up, though, as we're getting closer to the end of the book. I have some great ideas and guests that'll be coming up in the new year to help you transform your life. But let's get to it really quickly so we can jump right in. So now we're on chapter 12. And chapter 12 is, it is my intention to attract ideal people and divine relationships. And he starts off with this quote from Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. The moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. Unforeseen incidents, meetings, and material assistance, which no man could have dreamed would have come his way. And he's basically saying, when you're functioning with the power of intention, when you're in the divine flow, then things that things will show up to support you in ways that wouldn't if you weren't committed to the demonstration of the idea, of the ideal, of the goal, of the dream. This is important because the more you recognize this, the more you can get the benefits from it. All right. So he wrote on the bottom of page 201, the moment you definitely commit yourself to being a part of the power of intention, then providence moves too, and unforeseen assistance comes your way. The right people will arrive to assist you in every aspect of your life. The people who, who will support you in your career are there. The people who will help you create your perfect home show up. The people who will arrange the finances for whatever you desire are available. The driver you need to get you to the airport is waiting for you. The designer you've admired wants to work with you. The dentist you need in an emergency when you're on vacation just happens to be there. 
and your spiritual soulmate find you. Now, what this is simply saying in a real way is when you're in the divine flow, when you're committed and intentional about life, providence moves, the universe moves. Just having uh, the statement, the universe loves to support me. The universe loves to prosper me. The universe loves to create success for me. Divine grace attracts all good to me at all times. Expected and unexpected good shows up in my life through the grace of God. See, it's just a, a mindset. All right. He goes on to write on two, page 202. You'll have to let go of any resistance to your ability to attract the right people or you won't recognize them when they show up in your everyday life. Now, this is key. And this is one of the reasons why I often tell people that they have to pay attention to their intuition because the right people at the right time in the right, right place will show up. And if we're so caught up in our own emotional mess, if we're so caught up in our own over-analysis of life, or we're so caught up in other people's lives or the problems and the mistakes that we aren't consciously aware of what's going on around us, or more importantly, even consciously aware of what's going on within us, then when God presents the people and the opportunities to us, we often miss them. And I want to make sure that you don't miss them. So this is why your spiritual practices matter, your prayer work, your meditation, your visioning, your visualization, your journaling, your spiritual contemplation, uh, reading the books, you know, taking the classes, uh, going to the worship service. All of these things are to help you keep your spiritual sensitivity in tune. I hope this makes sense. All right. Now, under the, on page 202, he wrote, removing resistance by allowing. He wrote, your intention is absolutely clear here. You want to attract people who are intended to be a part of your life, and you want to have a happy, fulfilling, spiritual relationship. Now, that doesn't mean always intimate relationship. This just means relationships, the ideal people in your space. The ideal people, which includes the intimate relationships, which includes, if you want it, marriage and things of that nature. But I just want to make sure that you just recognize that part of having the intention to attract the people who are intended to be a part of your life also means that you have to be intentional about removing the people from your life that are not for your highest good, or at least keeping them at an arm's distance. And what do I mean? For those who listen to this show who are not from the United States, that means, you know, keep them from a space to keep them far enough away to where they can't harm you. I say that primarily for family because sometimes when we have destructive family members, we know we have the family ties and commitments. Sometimes we want to be around spaces and places where other people show up. And that doesn't mean you have to be rude. Uh, and it also doesn't mean you have to let a person completely into your life. What it does mean is you can show up, be, you know, show, you know, be, you know, show some tact, you know, show up as peace and harmony and choose not to engage in silliness. 
because where your attention goes, your power flows. So when you give your attention, when you give your energy to the people who are not for your highest good, you're actually feeding it. All right? Don't feed the monsters in your life. Starve them out. Starve them out. Make them starve for attention. All right? And here, and let me just say this right off the bat because I think it's important to say. When you're in tune, the right people will show up. But also when you're in tune, eventually that means that people who are not uh, supposed to be in your life for this season or period, uh, you will drift away from or they'll drift away from you or potential conflict can show up because you're now in a different space, which means it's time to get away from those. And when we don't leave peacefully, when we don't create space peacefully from people we don't need to be around, it creates the opportunity for conflict. So you can, you can lovingly create the space and distance you need from people, or you can lovingly release people out of your, li out of your life, or you can have conflict and drama and allow that to be the catalyst for the change. I'm all for releasing people in peace and love and releasing people uh, in a non-resistant way. In other words, you know, as Susan Taylor used to say, everyone isn't healthy enough to have a front row seat in your life. All right, back to the book. He wrote, page 202. In some invisible way, you are already connected spiritually to those perfect for you people. I love that. In some invisible way. Isn't something that your five senses can detect. Is that something that reason can process? In some invisible way, you are already connected spiritually to those perfect for you people. Your circle is always available to you. Now, here's the key. As you grow in consciousness, as you grow spiritually, as you grow mentally and emotionally, your circle should change. Doesn't mean that your diehard friends or whatever have to go. Sometimes that is the case because they might have habits in ways that don't vibe with you now. As you grow, they might have habits that don't work for you now. But as you start to develop spiritually, you become more magnetic to the people that need to show up in your space to support you. Now, let's just be clear. They aren't showing up just to support you. They're also showing up so you can support them. Sometimes when people read self-help material, they think only about what they can get. And not why it's showing up or the people are showing up so we can give. Because the universal law is give and receive, not receive and give. All right. Page 203. What you need in the way of the right people showing up will appear for you only when you are ready and willing to receive them. Oh, that's. Oh, that's so good. Am I really ready 
Am I willing? You know, because I do this podcast and I also do another one where, with relationships, uh, the matter behind relationships. And I'm also sometimes on the podcast, a panel with these real men talk. I pay attention now to a lot of relationship uh, information that's online. You know, watch the YouTube videos, TikTok and Facebook, Instagram stuff. And one of the things that I'm mindful of is when I hear a person say they were with somebody that was fabulous, but they weren't ready for it yet. They were with somebody that was fabulous, but they were too young and other type of thing. Instead of of recognizing that this person had their back, supported them, loved them, was committed to them, and energetically was right. Often, watching these videos, I've noticed that I've seen a trend of people saying, I was with you know, this lady or with this guy and everything was good, but I wasn't mature or I was young or I blew it. I, I, I never forget watching a, a, a video of Shaquille O'Neal, one of the best, maybe top 10 basketball players of all time. And I would say there's a, uh, a legitimate, you know, he's not the best player because that's Jordan, but I think there's a legitimate, uh, uh, question around who's the most dominant in as far as just physically dominant as a basketball player. Shaquille O'Neal has to be in that conversation along with like Will Chamberlain, like just big, fast, agile, everything. Shaq had it. He could do everything but shoot free throws. Anyway, he was being interviewed by some guys and he mentioned how he blew it with his ex-wife, the mother of his children. And, you know, and I think he said something like, fine, you know, gave him the kids, had his back, all of this stuff. You know, he was like, he didn't know, he knew he had something great, but he wasn't mature enough to treat her right. All right. And these are sometimes the things that happen when we, when sometimes when people show up in our lives and we're not in the space of recognizing the blessing, we can screw it up. And Shaq was basically saying, and very directly, that he really messed up. Now, his ex-wife is going on. I think she's remarried and everything. The, the reason why I'm sharing it is, it doesn't make a difference at what financial level of fame you are. Universal law is still universal law. And what you give is what you receive. And what he refused, and if you you aren't in the right consciousness, if you're not at the level of awareness to where you can properly benefit from somebody being in your life in a in a positive, positive, constructive, and harmonious way, you will ruin it. All right. So back to what Wayne Dyer wrote: What you need in the way of the, the right people showing up will appear for you only when you are ready and willing to receive them. They've always been there. They're there right now. They'll always be there. The question you need to ask yourself, the questions you need to ask yourself are, am I ready? Am I willing? And how much am I willing to have it? Mm. Those are great questions. Because 
often we say we want a thing, but when you really drill down on it, a person doesn't. A, a person says, I want to be in this relationship, but they really just want the person and they want freedom to date whoever they want to have to date and, in, and engage with in the bedroom. So they say they want one thing, but they really want something else. Some people say they want this type of career, but they don't want the things that go along with that career, the responsibilities and the accountability. Some people want to be parents, but they don't want to deal with the responsibility and the accountability. Sometimes we say we want a thing, and we really don't want all that goes along with it. But the challenge comes into play is when divine law is trying to bring to you the right people to support you and for you to support, in other words, your true spiritual circle, if you're not open and receptive, if you're not paying attention with your intuition, you can miss it. And he's also saying that the measure of the blessing is dependent on your consciousness, not God. What do I mean by that? Your ability to be open and receptive determines how much good you can receive. It's like Lake Michigan. I can go to Lake Michigan with a thimble. I can go with a cup. I can go with a bucket. Or I can go with a pipeline. Lake Michigan will provide. The question is, how much am I willing to have? And my expectation, my consciousness, my belief system, my context, my paradigm, all determine how much good God can flow into my life. All right, moving on. Page 203, giving forth what you want to attract, which I've already talked about in some level of great detail. But he tells a great story about a man named George as he was trying to get his book published, The Erroneous Zones. He met with a publisher and he went there to talk about his book, but the guy was having a breakdown. Because right before he got there, or the night before, George's wife uh, saw was, uh, was seeking a divorce, and it blindsided the guy. So what Wayne Dyer did was shift, and he talked for three or four hours about the personal matter that George was dealing with from the night before. And he left the office without discussing his book proposal. And he, he said, he, when he told his literary agent about the story, his literary agent was like, man, you just blew it. But guess what? George said this the next day. I really don't even know what Dyer's book, book proposal entails, but I want that man as one of our authors. Paying attention to the moments in which you can give because you don't know when that give opens up something greater for you. And I'm not saying you give just to get, but I am saying that as you give, you get pressed down, shaking together, and running over, as Jesus said. Also, attracting spiritual partnerships. He talks about on page 204. He wrote, the unloving person continues to blame bad luck or a series of external factors for them not having a loving relationship. Love can only be attracted by and returned 
by love. So he wrote, be what it is that you are seeking. Most relationships fail to sustain themselves are based on one or both of the partners feeling as if their freedom has been compromised in some way. Spiritual partnerships, on the other hand, are never about making another person feel inferior or ignored in any way. The term spiritual partnership simply means that the energy that holds the two of you together is in close harmony with a source energy of intention. All right. Then he wrote, you're already connected to those you want in your life, so act like it. All right? And I think that this is one of the things that we just need to be mindful of. He wrote, when you feel the need to have the right person show up, begin to change your inner dialogue to reflect this awareness. He said, rather than saying, I wish this person would show up because I need to get out of this rut, Activate a thought that reflects your connection, such as, I know the right person will be arriving in divine order at precisely the perfect time. I taught this years ago on this podcast when it was still on Unity Online Radio, when in the book Prosperity, Charles Fillmore, I believe, says something along the lines of when instead of saying you can't afford a thing, say that this too shall come to me in divine order. It's a shift in thought. It'll come to me in divine order. So this is also saying the people will come to me in divine order. My circle, my crowd, my supporters will show up in my life in divine order. That's the key. In divine order. All right. Then he wrote, now you'll act out this inner thought. You will be thinking from the end and anticipating this arrival. Your anticipation will make you alert. Now, I love the word anticipation because often we pray and don't anticipate. Remember what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four: when you pray, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That's anticipation. We often pray and hope for the best. We don't pray with anticipation. We don't pray with expectation. And then we then expect that universal law will outperform our own consciousness, but you're not going to outperform your own consciousness. All right. Then he wrote, you will know whom to call, where to look, when to trust, and what to do. You're being guided to connect to that which you're bringing forth. And then he talks about it's all unfolding in divine order. I love that. That's on page 207. Uh, And I think this pretty much says what it needs to say. Just having the mindset is all unfolding in divine order. Like, it's not late. My resources aren't late. My love isn't late. My peace isn't late. My opportunity isn't late. It's all unfolding in divine order. I I, I can remember when I was a kid, my mother used to say a statement. And I realized she probably got it from Christ Universal Temple. She was all over the place going to different churches uh, when I was a child. 
She didn't take me to Christ Universal Temple, though, as a child. I only remember walking in there one time when the church was on 86 on State Street, 8601 South State in Chicago. And that was only, I think, to go to the bookstore. I think that wasn't the bookstore. The sign up for something. She was doing something because we lived close to the, uh, we lived like five blocks from the church. And I realized that she probably got this statement from either CUT or being around metaphysical thinkers. My mother would often say as a, when I was a child, cancel, cancel, order, order. She would talk to her own self. You know, something she didn't like, cancel, cancel, order, order. Cancel, cancel, order, order. And I realized now that she was, that was a way to disrupt her thought process, disrupt that emotional upset. Or if she saw something that she didn't like, she was trying to shift her perception around it. Cancel, cancel. Order, order. And I can remember Reverend Coleman always calling for divine order. She was big on that. You know, <laughs> I would say that Johnny Coleman, outside of prosperity uh, and, and, you know, and being a spiritual healer, was mainly known for the divine order of her church how it moved, how it functioned, divine order was really important to her. So it's important that you call forth divine order. Now, in the if you want to study more of this, uh, many years ago, if you go back in the archives of uh, this podcast, I did a series called How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God. And I did one particular uh a whole podcast on the faculty of order, on the spiritual faculty of order. Go back and listen to it. Trust me, it will help you tremendously if getting things in order is an issue for you right now. All right. Again, now page 208, patient. All right. He wrote, there's a wonderful uh, paradoxical line in A Course of Miracles. Infinite patience produces immediate result. Infinite patience. Often we're not patient. All right. We try. I, I love how he wrote it. To be infinitely patient means to have an absolute knowing within you that you are in vibrational harmony with the all creating force that intended you here. You are, in fact, a co-creator of your life. You know that the right people will show up on divinely ordained schedule. Attempting to rush the schedule based on your own timetable is akin to getting down on your knees and tugging at an emerging tulip shoot, insisting that you need the flower now. Creation reveals its secrets by and by, not according to your agenda. The immediate result that you'll receive from your infinite patient is a deep sense of peace. You will feel the love of the creation process. You'll stop making in, you know, let me see here. I want to skip that. In other words, you'll just slow down and be at peace. All right. I write this with the idea of infinite patient producing immediate results. I know that I'm not alone as I sit here writing. I know that the right people will magically appear to provide me with what ever incentive or material I might need. I have total faith in this process and I stay harmoniously in tune with my source. The phone will ring and someone has a tape they think I'll like. Two weeks ago, it wouldn't have clicked 
with me. But on this day, I listen to that tape while exercising and it provides me what exactly with, with exactly what I need. I pass someone on a walk and they stop to talk to me. They tell me about a book they sure I love. I jot down the title, look it up, and sure enough, I have what I need. He's saying that as you are in the space over and over again of having infinite patience, as you learn to trust the grace of God, the more stuff just shows up to support you. All right, so we're going to take a quick uh, moment for a break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. So I'm now on page 209, making your intention a reality. So it's 10 steps. Number one, or step one, move away from hoping, wishing, praying, and begging for the right person or people to show up in your life. Know that this is a universe that works on energy and attraction. Now, often I've taught on this podcast, you are a mental field that is always attracting radiating rather, and attracting that which is in alignment with your mental field vibrationally. Why? Because thought is mental vibrational impulse. So to to think, to feel, to believe is to emit energy. That energy goes forth from you to prepare a place for you. And then it brings you to that experience and brings those experiences to you. What you radiate, you attract. So stop begging God. I can hear Johnny Coleman saying now, get up off your knees begging. That was her thing. Stand up on your own two big spiritual feet. She would say that often in her sermon. Stand up on your own two big spiritual feet and have some faith and trust in God's divine law and grace to provide for you what you need. God is the source of your supply. God is the source of my supply. That's how that works. God is the source. Not this outer stuff. God is the source. Step two, conceptualize your invisible connection to the people you like to attract in your life. All right? Now, what that's basically saying is when you conceptualize me, get clear in your mind. This is the mental equivalent. I call the mental equivalent clarity of thought and conviction of feeling. How clear are you in your mind about what you desire? And can you get the conviction or the feeling of it? Because as Reverend Ike used to say, feeling gets the blessing. So when you have the clarity of thought and the conviction of feeling, you have the mental equivalent. You have the realization needed to draw the outer experiences to you. Now, this is key. All right. The same creative force, the same creative power that creates universes 
works in, through, and as you. And when you have the power of intention through your conscious thinking and feeling working in alignment with you, or you rather you're working in alignment with it, then you give yourself the opportunity to draw these circumstances and people to you. Number step three, form a picture in your mind of meeting the person, persons you like to have assist you or be in partnership with you. All right. I love this. And if you read the book, Think and Grow Rich in the first chapter, Napoleon Hill tells a wonderful story about a person that wanted to work with, I think it was Thomas Edison. And he just had it in his intention that he was going to be a business partner with Thomas Edison and how that process worked out. And uh, I, I never forget reading in a book when uh, some people were on the elevator and it was a young person working at a job uh, at a particular company. For a particular company. So, you know, in small talk, what do you do at the company? What do you, you know, what do you do at the company? They had this conversation. And then, the, you know, for whatever reason, the person asked him about his religion. And he said, my religion is Sears, Roebuck, and Company. Now, he said it as a joke, but it's not a joke because this man made it his intention to be the best employee, worked harder, worked longer, worked smarter was an exceptional value add to his employer until he was made the vice president of the company. Form a picture in your mind of what you desire. Can you see it? Can you see it? All right. He wrote, I love this. This is a private exercise between you and God. Never, ever allow your picture to be blurred or corroded by negativity or doubt. And I would also at all the conversations of other people. Stay true to what you're holding in your mind, all right? You got to stay true to it. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Step four, act upon the inner picture. He wrote, begin to act as if everyone you meet is a part of your intention to attract, attract ideal people into your life. Share with others your needs and desires without going into detail about your spiritual methodology. Make calls to experts who might be of assistance and state your desires. They'll want to help you. Don't expect anyone else to do the work of attracting the right people for whatever you seek, be it a job, admission to a college, a financial boost, or a person to repair your automobile. Be proactive and stay alert for signs of synchronicity never ignoring them. If a truck drives by with a phone number advertising what you need, jot the number down and call. See all so-called bizarre coincidences surrounding your desires as messages from the source and act upon them immediately. I can't emphasize this enough. You have to act. You have to pay attention and be conscious. And don't tell yourself no. It's easy to say, well, why would the top salesman in my in my uh uh, business and company, talk to me. Well, just call them and ask them. Or ask them, can you have lunch with them or a meeting with them? Or could you interview them? What if they say no? Okay, go to the next person. What if they say no? Then go to the next person because the right person, and this is what he's saying, the right person with the right information at the right time will be available to you. We talk ourselves out of our own good. 
and we don't pay attention when opportunities for good show up. I never forget, you know, Reverend Coleman used to say to us when she had an idea, she sometimes would pull away. I need, I had an idea. She would jot it down. She said, I just need to be with this idea for a moment. That was her way of saying when something came to her, she didn't want to ignore it. This is why I tell everybody to write down your thoughts or have a mechanism to catch your idea. What I do is I call my work, direct work number and I leave myself voicemail. If I can't put it in my notes on my phone, sometimes you're too busy. I call myself and I leave myself a detailed message so I can go back later and not miss the idea that God gave me that could bless me. Step five, take the past path of least resistance. All right. All right. This is key. Resistance is lowered energy. Source is high creative, expansive energy. So when you are, when you are working with the stuff, uh, you have to be in a state of willingness, not willfulness. Yes, you got to use your will to make stuff happen, but you have to be willful and willing at the same time. It's an, it's, it's an aggressive non-resistance. I know it seems like a paradox, but this is what makes stuff work. All right? All right. So be in the space of saying, uh, of uh, stop fighting yourself. It's easy to create those thoughts. Oh, this will never work. This spiritual stuff, this intention stuff. Uh, opportunities don't come my way because of my race, my gender, uh, my age, my orientation my educational background, my experience. Stop with the excuses. Just allow yourself to say, I'm going to be curious enough and try it and not be resistant to the idea that you can attract into your life good that's beyond anything you've currently experienced. Step six, practice being the kind of person you wish to attract. I've said it before, people want love, be loving. You want peace, be peaceful. You want guidance, give guidance. You want support, give support. If you're not clear about your dream, go support somebody else in their dream. Because as you show up as service, you open yourself up to the higher ideas and ideals within your own soul. Anytime you get stuck, find a way to give. Anytime you get stuck, find a way to give. A give might be monetarily. A give might be with your time. It might be with your expertise slash talent. Find a way to give. When you feel stuck, that's not the time to go into your shell. When you get stuck, that's the time to give. It was one of the main lessons that Reverend Coleman taught uh, said Christ Universal Temple in my younger days. Just like anytime her money got funny or life wasn't working the way she thought it needed to be, she said, I need to find something to give to. Give. Give. We always want. But if your blessings feel blocked to you, find a way to give. Step seven, detach from the outcome and practice infinite patience. I love this. Uh, Shakti Gawain used to teach this technique called the pink bubble technique. And basically it was get clear about your uh, what you want. Get the feeling of it. 
surrounded in a pink bubble, which represented love. And then imagine the pink, what you desire in a pink bubble floating away from you into the sky until it gets to the point that you can't see it anymore. And that was a part of the detachment, releasing it, releasing it, because sometimes our energy is so, what's the word I want to use? Uh, anxious to produce something that we're actually cross-currenting our energy. In other words, we're stepping on our own blessings because we can't let it go and allow the universe to do its perfect work. It would be similar to planting a seed and then digging it up every day, trying to see if it was growing. When you plant the seed, you have to let it do its perfect work in divine order. Step eight. Practice meditation, particularly the Japa meditation, to attract, attract ideal people and divine relationships. You can look up the Japa, J-A-P-A. He wrote a whole book on it called Getting in the Gap. If you want to drill down on that, I'm not going to drill down on that right now. I think I talked about it on one of these previous podcasts. My point is this. Practice meditation. You got to get still. Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. It also says, he who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. You got to get still. Jesus would often go away for prayer and meditation. He would go out into the wilderness, spend time alone with his own soul to get spiritually, spiritual, uh, spiritually nourished, to get, his, to get spiritually fed. We often don't take time to... Fill up the spiritual tank. And then we wonder why we're so weary. Step nine, look upon everyone who has ever played any role in your life as having been sent to you for your benefit. In other words, do what uh, Joseph did in the book of Genesis. He went through all of that stuff because his brothers got jealous of him and sold him into slavery. He, you know, he was left in a ditch. He was taken into slavery, pottered uh, taken into Potiphar's house, accused by Potiphar's wife of, of sexual assault, even though he didn't do anything, put in jail for years. Uh, and through all of that, because of his gifts, talents, and abilities, uh, God created a way for him to become second to Pharaoh in all of Egypt. And when his brothers showed up, and he helped them. And when they tried to apologize, he just said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. If you didn't do what you did then, I wouldn't be in the position I am now to help, help you. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That takes the power out of those situations and circumstances. Step 10, always remain in a state of eternal gratitude. What you praise, you raise. Take the P off of praise you have raised. What you praise, what you give thanksgiving for, what you have gratitude for, increases the blessing. Why? Because praise is the law of increase. What you, what you praise, you increase. So I want you to be in a state of gratitude all of the time. Because as you stay in that consciousness, it makes a difference. All right? It makes a difference. It impacts your life in a positive way and constructive way. Stay in a state of gratitude because it opens you up and it allows the grace of God to show up as prosperity, health, peace, joy, and love in your life. So we're going to wrap up here. In the last part of the book, he 
uh, this chapter, rather, he recommends Lynn McTaggart's book, The Field, The Quest for the Secret Force of the Universe. You know, if it's an extra book you want to read about, about these type of things, you can. But just remember, you are a mental field that is always radiating, attracting that which corresponds to your mentality. You are a vibrational being. So we're going to wrap up. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless you and enjoy your day. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.